0: This is a young team. We're on the cusp. We got to add some pieces to what we're doing here. Pierce running right. Spin move. Barrels his way down to the 41-yard line. What a run by Pierce. The type of players that we're looking for are players who are looking to swarm. It's intercepted. Christian Harris.
1: Game day is every day.
0: Picked
2: off by Stingley. (laughs) Petrie. Texans have the ball on the
0: pick. The takeaway train is rolling. And if you want it, you got to go work
3: Now, it's Texans All-Access. Damn right it is. And it's about 25 hours away from NFL Draft 2023. Welcome in. I'm John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for the Houston Texans. We'll get a chance to catch up with Mark Vandermeer here in a little bit. Uh, You are here with me. And if you want to get on, 713-572-4610. You got 25 hours before the NFL draft starts, and this is the last hour that, well, you can pick my brain, and I can talk to you. That's probably more the fun part. I get to talk to you. Um, I get to hear what you're thinking because I know what my brain's thinking, Um, which, I don't know, sometimes it's just time. It's time for this draft baby to be born. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Let's go. Seven, I don't know, what, 720-ish Texas will be making a pick. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they'll be making the number two pick in the, uh, in the draft. We'll see uh, what's going to happen with that. We'll talk to Mark Vandermeer here in a little bit. As I said, he was taking care of business earlier today, so we'll get a chance to talk to him, get his final thoughts uh, before uh, we kick it off. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, While we'll Texans All-Access out at Miller Outdoor Theater, and so DP City will take you through that. I think I'm jumping on for a little bit. I think Earl Mitchell's going to be on. I think John McClain's going to be on. I think Mark and I will close it up, and then we'll start the draft show with Mark Andre, myself, Robert Hensley will do all the updates. Uh, that's going to be a blast. It was last year. It's going to be this year, no matter what happens. Because good, bad, however you see it, however you perceive it, quarterback, not quarterback, uh, two offensive linemen, two defensive linemen, a punter and a kicker. That's probably the only one that would disappoint me, is a punter and a kicker. Anything else I think I can, I think I can handle uh, for the most part. So we'll talk to Mark Vandermeer. We'll also, at the end of this segment, uh, hear from Daniel Jeremiah. He is in Kansas City alongside our good friend, Drew Doherty. Drew Doherty is in Kansas City. So the two caught up. They've talked before and get some final thoughts from DJ, arguably one of the top three analysts that uh, I love to talk to. I love to hear from uh, one of the nicest guys you're going to find. And I think that that to me is kind of this kind of what this whole thing is all about. The number of people that'll sit there and rip you and all oh, you're stupid that's a bad idea you're not gonna get that from DJ you're not gonna get it from Dame brugler you won't get it from uh my buddy Lance Erline hopefully you get it you won't get it from me uh especially as it pertains to Texas. I've seen too many drafts, especially when I was younger, and I was like, man, that is a dumb idea. Uh and then that dumb idea would happen and I just would have to eat my word. So I've learned many of many lessons along the way and hopefully lessons we could share throughout the coverage. So As I know it to be tomorrow night, I just gave you the group. Friday night, Seth Payne will jump in with uh, myself and Mark Vandermeer on Friday night. And then Saturday, I don't know if I'm able to divulge this. I'll ask Mark when he gets on the air. But Saturday, we'll split it up. I know I'm going the whole way, but I know Sean Pendergast in the morning with me. We've got one other guest scheduled, which I don't know if I can unveil that yet, but we'll, uh, we'll unveil that a little bit later. And then Mark and I will take you through. Hopefully, we'll be able to catch up with Nick Casario. Hopefully, D'Amico Ryans, I don't know exactly what that will be, but you'll want to hear that on Saturday to find out how this whole thing unfolds starting tomorrow night. So, we'll talk to Mark, we'll talk to DJ, and we'll also have Chase Goodbread, who has covered the NFL for a long time, but he's also uh, writing, I think, now for the Tuscaloosa News. He's now, uh, I think he is, I don't think he's a beat writer anymore. I think he's... um, He's kind of the Brian T. Smith, Jerome Solomon columnist. There we go. Columnist for Tuscaloosa News. So he's been covering the Alabama team for a long time. And Chase and I actually go way back. He was the high school beat writer in Jacksonville, Florida, when yours truly was coaching at Episcopal High School. So I've known Chase for a long time. And Chase does a tremendous, tremendous job. And he knows the Alabama guys inside and out. So will it be an Alabama guy tomorrow night? Will it be... Bryce Young, will I don't think it's going to be Bryce Young. I think Carolina is set on Bryce. I think that's going to happen at number one. I have a feeling that will probably leak tomorrow sometime, I don't know, around lunchtime, that it is going to be Bryce Young. And when that happens, I think a couple things could happen at that point. I think there could be a, and I told this to Mark the other night, I don't think the Texans would announce a trade or do anything until they know for a fact. So maybe this doesn't even get announced because maybe Carolina is like, yeah, we're going to take Bryce Young, and then they pivot, and then the Texans have traded the pick. I don't think that's going to happen. I think I think the Texans have been working on something at number two and are working on something at number two, but I don't know if they're going to be able to completely pull it off. It would be great if they could, but I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off. I don't know if the teams are, are dying to get up there. And what that tells me, if they're not dying to get up to number two, is that this quarterback class that we've been talking about for you know so long it's kind of the way I've been feeling the last week or so, and that is, you know what, I don't think NFL teams are completely enamored with this class. In fact, one of my bold predictions would be that the, um, the my bold predictions would be that only two quarterbacks go to the top ten. I mean, my, one of my mock drafts, I had four going in the first four, and the more I've thought about it, it's just like last year. Kind of as I've watched things unfold, the more I've thought last year, you know what, I only think one quarterback's going in the first round. I think it's Pickett. I ended up being right on that, which, you know, doesn't happen that often but i'll take it when i can get it so i was uh i was happy with that but i think this year's kind of the same thing i think uh, bryce ends up going one i think there's one of the quarterback goes in the top 10 but i don't think it ends up going at two so i think there are two quarterbacks in the top 10 which makes pick number 12 very very interesting extremely interesting because could a quarterback be sitting there that they like that falls to them at 12 because there has been a lot of smoke around moving that pick at number twelve. Well, what if there are three quarterbacks at number twelve? What are they going to do at that particular point? So I got one final mock going up at footballtakeover.com, one final one. And I actually had one completely and totally done. Completely done. Absolutely, totally in the I was all done. I was editing it. Had it all done. I had the Texans trading down from two to 10 with the Philadelphia Eagles. It sounds like the Eagles are coming up for one of two things. They're coming up for an edge rusher. They want to come up for an edge rusher. Or they're coming up, one of the two, Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson. Or they want to go for an offensive lineman. An offensive tackle. Or maybe a guy like Paris Johnson Jr. who could start at guard and then move to tackle at some point when Lane Johnson, you know, eventually retires or whatever. Jordan Mailata, I think, is going to be there for a while. So, I think Paris Johnson Jr. would be a guy they could highlight. They could also highlight Peter Skoronsky, who I think is going to move into guard. So, I had a whole mock draft. Whole mock draft ready to go. And then I had the Texans moving from 10 back up to 5. So, they traded down to 10, up to 5. And I was like, "Ah, this is too much. I don't see it happening. I can't do it. I did the whole thing. And I I changed it. I left them at 2. And then I moved up, or I moved down from 12 to 25. So, I pulled in some pretty good draft Lanyap as our uh, our buddy mark vandermeer would say all right Chase, we got mark let's talk to mark i'm gonna hit him with my uh my mock drafts and see mark vandermeer are you on the line
1: johnny all right so listen i'm still here at the brothers in arms tournament yeah. in the woodlands yeah and landry and lopez were here today doing their show uh, Andre Weir just hit, uh, they have a basketball contest. It's a long story. He just hit two big shots and the money ball, so he has the lead, <laughs> and Calvin Murphy's going right now. I'll update you later on this very important competition. It's a great cause, by the yeah, way. of course. And a ton of great people are here today. Obviously, Andre and Warren Moon and Vince Young lead this thing, but loaded with celebs, and Owen Daniels is here, um, Jonathan Wells, a bunch of other people that uh, that we all know and love in Houston sports, so it's been a terrific day.
3: Well, I'm glad you guys got to be together, and I'm only going to assume that Dre doesn't invite me because I don't play golf. I'm only I'm going to assume that that's the, that's only, the only reason. reason. Invited, I I that's the
1: only golf. reason. No, and also Johnny, I mean, you're dangerous with golf carts. This is well documented. <laughs> we know this about you. I yeah, mean, you know, you you hurt people sometimes. So yeah. uh, it's inadvertent, but you know, it's a factor. So yeah. we need to be careful.
3: Yeah. All right, P.J.R. Uh, all right, Mark. Here's what I did in my <laughs> mock draft. Okay. So, I was telling the people, I started off, I did a full mock, a complete mock. Got it all done. I traded two to Philadelphia. I traded two to Philadelphia. Philadelphia wants to come up, get one of the edge rushers. I felt like two's the spot. Because you get to three, if you're Philadelphia, then the Texans have taken one of those guys. Now you're down to just picking one. So, they move up all the way to two. And the Texans move down to ten, but then move back up with Seattle to get to five. So they end up pulling in some pretty decent draft capital in that trade with Philadelphia. Philadelphia goes up. They end up taking Tyree Wilson. Um, and then I scrapped it. I scrapped it. I left 12 alone. Anthony Richardson got to me at 12. I left 12 alone, and I was going to end up with at 5, Will Anderson, 12, Anthony Richardson. But then I scrapped them. like, I don't know if Philadelphia's going to do it. And so then I went with my final one, which was at number 2, Will Anderson Jr., At number 12, I traded down with the Giants. But then I traded back up to number 20, and I ended up taking, I believe at that point, I ended up taking uh, Quentin Johnson, I think, at that point. Oh, no, Jordan Addison. So I come away with Will Anderson Jr. and Jordan Addison Thursday night. Dish, your thoughts.
1: Okay, I think we're driving away from Miller Outdoor Theater and we're happy that, yeah, you added onto the defense with a really good player. I mean, it's funny how Will Anderson's getting picked apart right now. I mean, (laughs) I I hear him, not not him, but I hear people talk about him as as if he's a bust, you know. He's solid, he's a good leader, but is he really going to contribute? People are watching their version of tape and they don't like it enough or whatever. Tyree Wilson is explosive. Look, you've watched more tape than everybody, Johnny, so you know that this is uh, an interesting thing. There are different kinds of players on the edge, but I think people should be happy if they get Will Anderson at some point, especially if they're trading down in that scenario. And... You know, with Addison, obviously, you're getting a playmaker on offense, so they're going to be happy with that. But the quarterback, we talked about this. If you drive away Thursday night from wherever you're following the draft or you're at home following it, listening to Sports Radio 610 and Texans Radio, and they don't have a quarterback by the end of the evening – there's a Friday freakout that's about to happen, and it starts Thursday night. Freak out everybody Thursday night, all day long Friday. What are they going to do? Unless they trade for somebody on Friday, we go into round two Thursday, uh, Friday night at 6 p.m. live, and we're following it, and we're wondering, oh, my gosh, with the second pick on um, Friday night, it better be a quarterback, and who's left at that point? Did one of the top five drop out of the first round, or are they going to reach – and grab Jay Caner early. And I don't know if that's a reach or not. Maybe he turns out to be the greatest quarterback ever, but who knows? And I'm just thinking that there's going to be a lot of reaction negatively if they don't come away with a quarterback on Thursday. But people have to be patient. You know, Andre was uh, quoted today. Look, he trusts in what they're going to do. They've evaluated it. You know, they might be wrong, but if they do that, hey, they might be right, and they have their reasons for doing it. They're going to have sound reasoning for doing whatever they choose to do tomorrow night. It's going to be fun to follow. But, man, oh, man, I can't believe you have that trade, Johnny, because this is further proof that the longer we wait, you're, that, you know, the McLean version of your trade is him finally saying, you know, the longer I think about it, they're going to take a quarterback number two. It's Will Levis. Didn't he say that this morning, that that's yeah. his uh, latest yeah. mock draft? His last mock draft is Levis going number two.
3: I, well, I didn't want to bury the lead. I had one final trade, and it'll probably oh. make you happy. Because I okay, know let's Buffalo, go. I know the Buffalo Bills want to get out at 27. So I traded Ooh. down 12 to 25, back up to 20. And I know the Bills want to get out, and Hennon Hooker's still on the board. So the Texans come away. They give up their fourth 104 overall to move up six spots into the, fr- into the uh, first round, and they take Hennon Hooker. So they walk out of Thursday night with a little bit of draft capital, Will Anderson Jr., Jordan Addison, Hendon Hooker, you feel any better?
1: All right, yes, a lot better. You know okay. what that is? That's the Texans draft day movie. It's draft day. It is because you have all the emotional mood swings throughout the night, right? Oh my gosh, what are they doing? And then you have Will Anderson, who is a really good player. If they end up with him, we should be happy. But some people like Wilson better as an edge rusher if you're talking about the top two guys in this draft projected to be whatever. But you should be happy with Anderson, Addison, and then they get Hooker later on. That ends the movie. Thursday night, Texans draft day. You should be thrilled with those three guys at the end of the evening and added capital. That is a Nice Thursday night score. I like this. Can you promise me that it'll happen? Because well, you know I love I Hendon so. Hooker.
3: I, I hope so. Footballtakeover.com. You can read the whole <laughs> mock draft. I mean, I did a whole one and then I tore it up and I went back and changed it all because I just don't think they're going to get it done at two. I do think they'll get it done at 12. And I thought, you know, they got down to 25. I could have left them at 25. I still think they could get Addison at 25. But I like, I just kept thinking and hearing Brandon Bean in my mind, we only have 15 first round grades. I'm like, that's a sign they want to get out. They want to get out of that first round. So hopefully uh, that's uh, that's the way it goes. And then we can all kiss Jennifer Garner at night and say good night. As I get to say to you, Mark, I've got callers i got to take. So, Mark, I will see you very, very soon, uh, and we'll knock out this draft as we always do. Thank you, my man.
1: Looking forward to tomorrow, Johnny. Take care. All right, there he
3: is, Mark Vandermeer, the voice of the Texans. Let's get to the phones. Jace, let's pull up TJ on line two. TJ, you there, my man? How you doing?
4: Hey, John, how are you doing, man? I'm
3: doing okay, man. I'm ready for this, uh, as I've called it, this draft baby to be born.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, brother. I, it's been a long draft season. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. Uh, so the reason I'm calling is because I've been thinking a lot about the, the Texans, you know, QB woes and, and draft and things like that. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Levis and CJ and Bryce and the one person they're not talking about a lot, and it, it almost seems like mm-hmm. the silence is, is deafening, is is Anthony Richardson. Yes. And the reason I mention him is because uh, I feel like this draft in a lot of ways is similar to the, the Josh Allen draft where you had Rosen, you had those yeah. guys, and then mm-hmm. you had this physical freak with Anthony Richardson. And it's just it's 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 almost like it makes too much sense in my brain. And I know that's weird. <laughs> But I think Anthony Richardson is a guy who is a lot better than a lot of people think he's inexperienced. He's 20 years old and his movement in the pocket is, is pretty darn good. Um, I I just, I I just keep getting this feeling that like, maybe that's the guy that they're looking at and that nobody's talking about him. Nick's kept everything really close to the vest and that, you know, after this whole draft comes down that we're sitting there with, with the big kid out of Florida. Just want to know what you thought.
3: TJ, I appreciate the call, and that's a great, great thought because I, it's funny. I, I've i been thinking the same thing. There's been no smoke about Anthony Richardson, none whatsoever. And a lot of times if you like a guy and you know other teams might like him, but you don't want to let on, especially with the quarterbacks. You don't want to let on. You love that guy. You keep it quiet for the most part. Now Anthony, Anthony had a 30 visit. He was here. But I, I'm i a fan of Anthony Richardson. Now he's 25 in my Harris 100. Because I just I just couldn't get there as being a guy this year that I felt really, really good about. Now here's the thing. When you have a quarterback that's got four, four speed, and I think back to Lamar in 2018, he was a guy, you know, Deshaun did this a little bit in 2017. Josh Allen did this a little bit as a rookie. He actually did a little bit more his second year in 2019. But they would take the they would take the um take the football and run with it. That would buy them more sets of downs. They just take the ball and run with it. That would get them another set of downs and their opportunity to throw, all that kind of stuff. I think Anthony Richardson could do that. I mean, if you imagine Anthony Richardson in the backfield with Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary and whoever they had at running back or whatever they do, man, you're going to put defenses on notice. I guarantee you that when Anthony Richardson steps into a lineup, wherever he is, whether it's Houston or otherwise, they're going to be defensive coordinators that are like, "Ah, dang it, I hate this. Now, they're going to find some of the things that he doesn't do well, but they're going to be scared. They're going to be scared of him just like teams are scared of Josh Allen, just like teams are scared of Lamar Jackson. Even if it's a perfect throwing the ball, they're going to be scared of that guy, and they're going to put defenses on notice, and I think that's going to be something that the Texans would like to be able to do. And Anthony, when I did my, when I did my draft, I actually had Anthony Richardson, the first one that I changed when I moved down from two to wherever I ended up going. Anthony Richardson, after I changed it, I was like, oh, there he is. I'm going to put him at 12, and I just couldn't do it. In fact, I had him going to Atlanta. I just couldn't even think that way. Let's go to Gerard on line three, Jay. Let's pull him up, man. Drought, are you there?
5: Yeah, I'm there. How's it going? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Excited for the draft tomorrow. Excited to see what the Texans do. I know they have 12 picks tomorrow, so I really don't see them trading, you know, for more picks, man. I think they got 12 picks. I think they're going to try to uh, fulfill their team uh, with those 12 picks, uh, you know, for tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. I think at uh, number two... I can see them either deciding between Will Anderson Jr. and Tyree Wilson. I think it's down to those two guys. Yep. I think it's going to come down to the medicals with uh, Wilson. If they yep. if they feel okay about the foot, I think they go with him. If there's some kind of reservations with the foot, you know, they took uh, that cornerback last year that was yep. injury prone. So I'm going to come yep. into play. Yeah, so if the if the medical's come back, I think they come with Wilson. If they have some reservations with the medical, they go with uh Will Anderson, Jr. And I think they stay at 12 because, like you said, I don't see n- nothing but two quarterbacks going in the top 10. I think Bryce Young goes one, and I think Will Levis goes four with the Colts. So you're gonna see you go, you're gonna have Tennessee Titans picking right ahead of the uh, Texans. I mean I've been hearing that they like uh CJ Stroud. So if they go with CJ Stroud, I think the Texans go with Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker competed yep. 70% of his passes. 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. When I see that, when I watch him on uh, on my film, he throws those very good intermediate uh, passes. I think he fits the San Francisco 49ers offense, which is you know those slants and those passes Mm -hmm. right over the middle. He's very very accurate with those. So I think he fits their offense. He can move a little bit. So I think the Hooker is the pick at uh, number twelve.
3: Dryden, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. That's a you said it extremely well. I will say this about a trade. You're right. They've got 23 draft picks in the next two years. But if you've got, let's just say, three assets of a lower quality that you can combine and move up to get and draft asset of a higher quality, then rock on, let's do it. That to me is kind of what it's all about. Like if you are sitting at two, twelve, thirty-three, sixty-five, seventy-three, what if you could pay? Maybe maybe you could make a trade and then package a couple picks and move up in the second round. I know last year the Texans got back up into the second round because they made. That trade, even though it was two spots to go from 13 to 15 last year, that trade that they had ended up getting them the opportunity to move up in the second round. So that's what they did. They didn't need those extra picks unless it was to move up. And I think that's what a trade does. It's not, okay, we need more bodies. It's not so much that. It's more or less, okay, last year when they moved out two spots, I think they got a third and a fourth, if I remember correctly. Well, they packaged that third and a fourth and moved all the way up, I think, from 60-something to 44 is where John Mechie ended up getting drafted. That, to me, is why you trade. That's why you make that deal because you end up – or make a deal because you end up getting higher-quality assets. You get the assets, and you turn that into something a little bit better than what you have, and we've seen that, what they did for Nico Collins. When they moved up and did that, they moved into the second round last year for John Mechie. They have that opportunity to do it again. So if they make a move, they're going to get some draft capital. They string that together, and they move up from 65 to 50 or 45. And now you just get a higher quality of player at 45, 50 than you do at 65. Now, is it guaranteed that guy's going to be a stud? No. But it just gives you an opportunity to get you a higher quality player, at least a higher quality player on your board. So, yeah, I don't think they'll draft 12 times. But I do even if they take draft picks in, I think it's going to be used to move up in other rounds to go get players uh that they deem higher on their board than others at that particular point. All right, let's get to line one. Is that Lionel on line one, Jace? All right, here we go. We're gonna get Lionel on line one and just Lionel on let me tell you, if I could do this, I would just pick you right up, man. But I'm I don't know how to use these phones. I just I just answer them and talk football. So hopefully we got it. We get Lionel, there we go. Lionel! Is that you yes, on line sir. one, my man? How are you doing? Yes, sir.
0: Fantastic. Just calling to let you know that, boy, it is an exciting time to be a Texas fan. We haven't had this much buzz in years. <laughs> but here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about this quarterback situation.
3: Sure.
0: I don't know who they're going to draft. If it's Bryce Young, great. If CJ, great. Whomever. But here's my take. You can't draft these caliber quarterbacks without giving them the chance. You have to throw them out there, and here's why. You can't wait for them to develop a year or two by sitting behind a veteran. I understand that you want to get them to learn and grow and all that, but you got to put them out there, and we got to stick with them. Lamar Jackson is hard to much into the league. The Baltimore Ravens stuck with that dude. He wouldn't be the caliber player that he is today, if they didn't stick with them, I used to watch him throw passes that were terrible. But they stuck with him. So my take is is that they whoever they pick, they're gonna have to give him a chance. They're gonna have to stick with him and let him let him bump his head, let him fail. But you got to give this dude a chance. What's your take,
3: Lionel? I think you make a great, make a great point. Here's the one thing I'll say: I agree that I I think everybody's gonna want to see a rookie out on the field, especially for this team. This team is not. At the point where it is, you know, Super Bowl or bust sort of thing. There, I think there are other teams that are hitting their head on that goalpost. So, a rookie quarterback you definitely want to see, or a young quarterback you definitely want to see. Well, Lamar Jackson didn't get on the field to start for the Ravens until week 9, week 10 of his rookie campaign. Now, they did stick with him, but also because defenses were scared of Lamar Jackson. So, can I see a situation where whatever young quarterback comes in doesn't start till week 8 or week 9? Absolutely. Here's the other thing. I don't know that you really could put a timetable on when a guy is ready. You have to put a quarterback, a young quarterback, on the field when that guy is ready. You can't look at it and go, oh, we two, we're throwing you out there because we drafted you number two or number 12. No, you put a guy in the field when he's ready. Sean Watson in 2017 was ready to go way earlier than the second half of the first game, but Bill just didn't pull the trigger. And he found out, yeah, Sean was ready. And so they went with him, obviously, from that point forward. And you'll find out some some rookie quarterbacks are just not ready at all. You have to give that guy a chance, yes. And you want him to make his mistakes, yes. But you don't want him to go on the field if he is completely and totally not ready. That'll kill his confidence. It'll kill the team's confidence in him. Look at Malik Willis. Malik Willis should never been on the field last year. And now they look at him and think he's a dead asset. He's not. But he just wasn't ready. But they had to put him on the field, and that, that hurt Malik Willis a lot. It hurt him a lot, uh, and I don't want that to happen for a young quarterback here. Now, Malik's a third-rounder, whatever. So, yes, once you make the decision this guy's ready, roll with it. Go with it. Don't look back, but make sure in your mind and your heart that guy is that much uh, more ready to go than you ever thought he was going to be. Then you put him on the field. Then you let him make his mistakes. All right, got to take a break. If you're on the line, stay there. 713-572-4610. 713-572-4610. At J Harris football. If you got to hit me on Twitter, I'm okay with that. Let's come back. Let's talk a little bit more about this draft. We got to hear from Daniel Jeremiah. We got to hear from Chase Goodbread. So we'll try and do all that right here on Texans All Access.
0: Texans Radio continues in a moment. Texans Radio is back.
3: All right, let's rock. NFL draft about, uh, I don't know, 24 hours and 28 minutes away from Roger Dale stepping to the podium in Kansas City. as the Texans draft number two overall I'm John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Take some calls, man. I, this whole I, I was like, man, I'm taking calls. Get in, like, like send out the bat signal for calls, and they came in. Let's talk to Anthony on line one. Anthony, what's up, my man? How you doing? Happy draft eve.
6: I'm doing good, thanks. What's on your How mind, you man? How you guys doing?
3: We're doing great, man. What's uh, on your
6: mind? On the draft, I love the guy that called in. I same thing with me. I love Anthony Robinson. Rich, I would love to see them. Take uh, Richardson. I'm sorry. I'd love to see them take him. And like you talk about trading, I I like this combination. Take him, and then take the next two, and I think they can trade up and still grab one of the edge rushers. Even if we use those two, what do you think of that?
3: Wait. Say that again. Wait. Wait. Say that again. Do what now? So we
6: take we take Anthony Richardson as the quarterback number two. Then we take. 12 and the next pick, and try to trade oh, up. Oh, I
3: got you, I got you, I got you. To
6: get the yeah, edge yeah. rusher that's left out of the two best ones. This way we come away with the edge rusher and the good guy. Because I think that kid over time, like the other gentleman said, he's going to develop, he's going to be big and strong. He's, I think he's going to be NFL material. I think he's got the best shot out of these younger guys anyway. Uh, so I just think... That, that would be the move if they're going to pick out of the draft. Otherwise, I like them trying to get Lance for quarterback somewhere in there. But gotcha. your, your opinions and thoughts.
3: Anthony, good, good question. 12 and 33 to move up to three. You might need a little bit more. But I've kind of had that thought. Get up to three. Take, take the quarterback you like and take one of the edge rushers. you got to get Arizona to dance with you at three, uh, whether you can do that or not. I don't know. And I don't know that the Indianapolis will drop out of four. I think Indianapolis wants a quarterback. Or I should say I think Jay Mercy wants a quarterback. So I think they're gonna get one. I don't hate the thought at all, to be honest. I've actually I actually considered putting Anthony Richardson at number two. So I'm not a big fan. Alright, let's go to Ray on line two, Jace. Ray, what's going on, man? What's on your mind, brother?
2: Hey, what's up, John? John, I got a two part question.
0: Okay. All right, here it is.
2: Will Anderson at number two. Okay. And move up to get B John Robinson. Why is it that nobody's looking at the potential of having Bijan in a Damian Pierce backfield where you don't have to drain and, and run it a, run a back into the ground 35 times a game? You can literally <laughs> split the carries, offset them, and then they'll have a longer shelf life. Like, I feel like I'm. Taking crazy pills here. It's like nobody like sees that. It's like, dude, why would you drive him into the ground when you can literally get somebody to offset the carries? And you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, uh, imagine you got Bijan taking the bulk of the carries to get down there, and you get down there to the red zone. Now you got to deal with Damian Pierce pounding the ball in there. You know, I just want to get your take on that. And the second uh, was Mac Jones. Would mm. you rather take Mac Jones if you can slip him for maybe a third? I'm 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 saying maybe a third and a yeah. conditional pick next year, just so that you can avoid the uh the, the just avoid the, the whole rookie thing. You got a quarterback that you can put in there. You can you can give him the key engine, and let him go. He has two years left and he still has the uh extra year for the uh for the option. If you don't like him next year, then. Then you have options to actually move up in the draft, even if you don't get the top uh, top quarterback that you want. You know, you'll still be in position to get one of the quarterbacks next year. So I just
3: want to get your take on those two questions, Ray. Excellent questions, man. Let me handle them with Bijan. I think there are a lot of people. If you listen to Landry and Lopez today, they were pounding the table hard, hard for Bijan, and I don't hate it. Here's why. I think sometimes when you put R B next to a guy's name. People think, oh, 20 carries a game. Yeah, he's a running back. That's all you can do. Running backs are devalued, et cetera. But what about a running back that I think, and I've I've said this, my comp for Bijan Robinson is Alvin Kamara, because I think Bijan catch 55, 60 passes for you. And a guy like that, you can play with Damian Pierce. It doesn't have to be separate. Doesn't have, you don't have to, you know, pull one and the other. I think Bijan absolutely needs to be in the conversation, but I just think I think this team has a few needs that it probably needs to address maybe before it would address a running back. That's my only hesitation, but everything that you want. And I shouldn't say that because I'm kind of contradicting myself. If you like a receiver, great, but I think you get receiver and running back qualities for Bijan. but I don't know that I would move up to do it. If I was going to do it, I just, I'd stay at 12 and hope he got to me. I don't know if he's going to get beyond eight though. Atlanta sounds like they're pretty hot on him and they've got similar situation. They got Tyler Algier. They got Tyler Algier there in Atlanta. And, they want to team Bijan with him. But, man, I'll tell you, if you put Bijan with Kyle Pitts um, and Drake London, man, good night. That <laughs> gets pretty exciting. Then they want Anthony Richardson, too. So I, I don't want to see that. Anthony Richardson, Bijan Robinson, forget that. But, uh, yeah, I think it's absolutely Ray in conversation. You kidding me? All right, uh, Jace, let's get to Derwin on line three. Derwin, what's going on, man? How you doing? Sorry for the wait, my man. No worries, man. Hey, listen, let's get
0: off this Mac Jones train, man. Oh, I didn't talk about Mac, yeah. Mac Jones is not better than Case Keenum in the system. Listen, this is what I feel we should do. We need to draft according to our coaching staff and the strength that we have and what's been built. Consario has done a really good job of laying a foundation of pieces that are going to help us in the future. Getting uh, Case Keenum on this team as a backup, as somebody who grew up in that system. That's the system he started in. That's what he was drafted into. He learned that before you learned anybody's system. So having that guy in the room is going to be special. We have a new offensive coordinator who is calling plays for the very first time. Our first three picks, in my opinion, need to be offense. Whether we get the quarterback because, because, look, Trubisky and, and Carson Wentz and all of these guys, man, I'm telling you, I would love to see us grab Stroud if if, um, if if Bryce Young goes one. I would love to see us do that. But what Miko pointed out when he was interviewing at first was playmakers. We need, deep, we need offensive playmakers because Purdy and all those guys were great. But you know what? They would not have been what they were without uh, McCaffrey addition to that team. So I think we go the first three picks need to be offense, and then the rest of – Miko can have the rest of the draft to draft as many defensive people that he needs because he's going to have the strength to coach those people up, man. And if Casario really wants to get fancy, and I'll finish with this, find out what the Arizona Cardinals need, tell them to give us D-hop to move up one spot because we'll give that pick to somebody else that will get what they want And then we'll get we'll get D Hop back in here in that room too.
3: Derwin, I appreciate the call, and I don't disagree with the fact that this this offense needs playmakers. But guess who also needs playmakers? A defense that was absolutely horrendous against the run last year. The defense needs them too. And I think my I don't dispute that two of the three, at least two of the three, should be offense. Now you can convince me of three of the three, but if you get to the second round. I just don't know that you're going to find an edge rusher even of the caliber. The difference in value between Will Anderson Jr., Tyree Wilson, and the rest of the edge rushers versus wide receiver running back and what's there in day two or day three, I think it's more vast. I think you need to get one of the elite pass rushers on the edge. I mean, look at what we've got on the edge right now. You know, Jerry's up in years. You know, Chase has just gotten here, Chase Winovich. You know we got to get JG healthy. JG's got to stay healthy. That's a that's a massive key. So does Derek Rivers. Derek Rivers is arguably the best pass rusher pass rusher on this team. If he can stay healthy, he just has to stay healthy. But I think you've got to have playmakers, especially out on the edge. And that's what that's what D'Amico had. D'Amico, will tell you that he had at San Francisco. And guess how San Francisco drafted? First rounder, first rounder, first rounder, first rounder, first rounder. Armstead, Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, first rounder, first rounder, first rounder. Solomon Thomas, who ended up moving on. They, You know where it's built. It's built on the lines. The defense has got to have some, too. Now, you do need playmakers. I do not dispute that. So, I'll give you that. I think two of the three should end up being offense. They're going to end up being offense. But I do think within 2 33 as it sits right now, I think one of those has got to be a dynamic edge rusher. I, I just think you have to have that. You have to have playmakers. you got to have somebody with some twitch off the edge. All right, so let's get to Leo on line five. Leo! Hey, pasa, amiga? Amigo, how you doing?
0: Hey, I'm good, Jay. How you doing?
3: I'm all right, man. I don't speak Spanish very well. Sorry about that. How you
0: doing? <laughs> I'm on the same level. I'm great, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, I just want to go into what I think would be kind of obvious. I think I heard it earlier. Um, the Texans being quiet on Quinn Richardson. Uh, I mean, I, uh, Anthony Richardson. I'm sorry. Anthony yeah. Richardson. And, um, you know, that I, I want to reference the the, uh, 2022 NBA draft with Mm -hmm. how Paulo Bancaro kind of shot up on guys last minute, you know, and and the, and the, the headlines were different. Um, So I just think, you know, that's something that we could pay attention to, but also I want to say this, because if you look at how the Texans could draft, I don't, let's leave 12 alone. Mm -hmm. If they can go um, receiver or, or, Running back or edge at twelve, and still get a guy that may have slipped. I think if we went receiver, um, it doesn't make too much difference to our offense. We know we're going to run a San Francisco style offense. Sure. And uh, one of the, any one of those top five guys, they're kind of the same in a sense of uh, size. You only have that one guy at a TCU. I think he's a bigger guy.
3: Yeah, Johnson. But um,
0: yeah. right. So um, it doesn't. It won't change too much. Versus if you went with running back at twelve. Or later on, uh, in the beginning of the second round, even receiver, it adds on to what we're trying to do. But even if he did go running back, it adds on to Pierce and Singletary, which kind of fits into the idea or scheme that we'll be running. Mm -hmm. And so I think that kind of puts into the case of, if we know we're going to go quarterback at number two, then, you know, I think Chris Stroud is out of the picture because he's not really a guy that you would would want to call plays for him to scramble, even though he kind of showed it. So he's out of the picture. Uh, Bryce Young, I, let's say he's gone, right? And Will Levison showed the scramble ability. But um, if, you, if you're if you looking at what D'Amico Ryan is looking for in the sense of extending plays and a guy that can make plays at the quarterback position and at the flex position, um, Quentin Richardson is the best prospect, in my opinion. Um, and it, 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 I'm, I keep saying Quentin Anthony Richardson is the best prospect, in my opinion. So um, I, I feel like that's the – that's the strongest prospect. Or if you, you know, if you look into the trades that we're talking about, I, Matt Jones is you no. Know, I like that that call that this guy said about trading for D Hop and maybe going to three and still getting the quarterback. But I, I, would think the only guy we maybe would trade for would be Trey Lance, and I think he's only worth the third round pick. And we, you know, still do a lot of things with the drafts. But I, I don't think we should stretch it going for the Texas Tech guy at number two. Will Anderson definitely. I hate how he's getting picked apart, but. We need a quarterback, and I think what you can go at 12 is going somebody with that fell out um, and, and still get a lot of. Uh, there's, there's like four or five edges that, that really have kind of, in a lot of my drafts, have been in top 10 and five across the board. And um, I think it just shows that I feel Anthony Richardson is the best prospect for the offense we know will run. And, you know, and I just want to get your opinion on that.
3: All right. Leo, I'm going to take it on the other side because I got to take a break because you know how radio is. I'll take a break. You hit a lot of different things. First of all, I know you got to be an NBA fan because Quentin Richardson, I mean, <laughs> it's Anthony Richardson, but you know that. Um, but, of course, those old NBA thoughts come in. I, I, if you go to footballtakeaway.com, you'll see my thoughts on Anthony Richardson. You'll see exactly what I have to say. And I think Anthony Richardson would be one hell of a prospect in this town. And it would make going to NRG Stadium fun because you're going to see something at the quarterback position you've never seen before. Now, does that make you a winner? Maybe not right away. But if the guy works at it like he's working on his throwing motion right now with his quarterbacks coach, Will Will, uh, Hewitt, he's going to be fun to watch. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I'll take your calls. We'll finish up and get you ready for the draft tomorrow right here on Texans All-Access.
0: Stay tuned for more on the Houston Texans and the NFL on Texans All-Access. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans
3: oh yeah baby texas all access john harris football analyst sideline reporter jace uh making sure that i don't say anything that i'll regret It's a tough job to be honest with you uh let's get these phone calls i have plenty of them i said i was gonna play daniel jeremiah and chase goodbread but man i can't get there because you guys want to talk so let's go to james on line three james what's going on my man sorry i had to wait my friend i'm good how are you i'm doing okay man what you think all right uh i personally think
6: CJ or Bryce are the only two worth the number two pick, and unless uh, if we do take Stroud, uh, his wide is uh, his number one wide receiver from Ohio, should be possibly line one worth twelve taking out wide receiver. And if not, I think we should take someone like a uh, defense of uh, Miles Garrett, or even possibly one of the top corners uh, still be available. And unless someone like I say Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison is still top in the near the top of the end of the first, we should probably take those. Tri- tri- take uh, our second and third and possibly move near the top of the first. I personally just think that C.J. has been overlooked personally because I think he's a pure great passer. And we saw in the Georgia game how he can be effective even, even when he uses his legs. I just want to get your thoughts on C.J. and those uh, type prospects.
3: Sure, James, I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if C.J. has been overlooked. I think there's been actually too much looking uh, at C.J. to be honest with you. I think CJ can play. I think he's the best passer in his draft. I think he's the most accurate guy. I compared him to Joe Burrow. I've comped him since May. That's the comp I came up with. I think he can throw, but you know, sometimes, sometimes the uh, the hot girl and the good looking guy don't always get together. If that makes sense for whatever reason, and you don't know what that is, but it just may not work. All right, let's get to Elliot. Uh, who's going to close us down? Elliot, I got a couple minutes left, man. What's going on?
0: Hey man, I know you sound good, man. Keep it up. These callers are elite, so I had to go ahead and get in here. Um, what I would actually want from tomorrow, um, I'm not opposed to the Anthony Richardson because the comparison for me, and I know the news outlets ain't gonna talk about him. He looks a lot like Colin Kaepernick at Nevada, considering the fact that they had him at the 49ers at one point. It would be kind of, it would be kind of um, similar if it was Anthony Richardson um, as Colin Kaepernick. And then we have Damian Pierce as our Frank Gore. And then, of course, well, Michael James would kind of be Jameer Gibbs to me. Bijan Robinson is the best running back in the draft, but I think Jameer Gibbs is the best athlete playing running back in the draft. Um, another thing is I think we might see Emmanuel Forbes come off the board. Um, to me, by far, the best corner in the draft. Ball, hawk, tall, And then, of course, D'Amico Ryans can work with them. Now, of course, the dream is Bryce Young. But uh, what we're not talking about is that second and third round. Uh, Pass rusher, I agree with you from a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about Nolan Smith. I can see Nolan Smith being a guy that D'Amico Ryans likes to roll with. But um, tell the listeners, um, and, of course, we all talking good ball, about Byron Young. DT and DE out of Tennessee who we could possibly see in the second or third round. If the third or fourth, that man goes to the Texans, that's a steal. And Kalaja Clancy, who we could trade back up for. That's all I got.
3: Elliot, I appreciate it. Man, I wish I could get to all of it. Kalaja Clancy, I love. You got to get him in the first round. Though. I don't think you're gonna get him in the second round. Uh he is dynamic. He's unbelievable. Byron Young from Tennessee. He reminds me of Sam Williams from last year. A little bit stiff on the outside, but, man, he is athletic, and what a story he was uh, to get through to Tennessee. I think he'd be a great second round. It'd be great to get him in the second round, no doubt about that. Um, Anthony Richardson. Jameer Gibbs is (laughs) five times the player the Michael James was. I love the Michael James, man. But Jameer Gibbs is him plus. I wouldn't compare Colin Kaepernick to Anthony Richardson. I think Richardson's a better overall thrower. If that makes if that makes any sense, and Rich is probably a better athlete, but Colin was just a better football player at this point going into the NFL. Plus, you're talking about Richardson; he's six four, two forty four. Colin was probably two o five, so there's a little bit of difference in girth if you want to go with that. Um, but interesting thought, very very interesting thought, and there's so many different ways that this can go. But you know what? We find out tomorrow night, twenty four hours, baby. Get your sleep and get ready. It's going to be a blast. Appreciate you guys for getting in. Love you guys. You guys are the best. Appreciate it. Jace, you did your badass back there, man. Great job. Mark, appreciate you calling in. See you tomorrow, baby. Six o'clock. It starts at Texans All Access. Seven o'clock. We start with the draft, and we'll figure out where this draft baby gets delivered. Appreciate you guys. And as always, go Texans.